This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. For today's Daylight Magazine, we have Your Bible and You, Youth Corner, and Moment of Truth. I'm your presenter, Emanuela Brefumensa, welcoming you to today's magazine. Stay tuned. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Study to shew yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It is now time for your Bible and you. For our reflections, we shall look at Genesis chapter 5, verses 9 to 17. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. After he became the father of Kenan, Enosh lived 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enosh lived a total of 905 years, and then he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahalalil. After he became the father of Mahalalil, Kenan lived 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Kenan lived a total of 910 years, and then he died. When Mahalalil had lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. After he became the father of Jared, Mahalalil lived 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Mahalalil lived a total of 895 years, and then he died. just listened to the audio version of Genesis chapter 5 verses 9 to 17. Keep this in your heart. yourself for our next segment Youth Corner Namelessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me I'll lead you on So afraid that you will not be found It won't be long before your sun goes down Just leave it to me I'll lead Hello there, this is Youth Kana. We are back to you again. We are continuing from our previous discussion on education, where we ended last week. We learned a lot. We learned that our friends shouldn't decide what we want to do in the future because we are going to do it and not them. We have 
Gloria Amodamwa, eleven hundred business students of Valley View University. And I'm your host, Ridi Mampim, in the studio. We are going to dive into education. We are going to start from where we ended on our previous discussion. And today it's going to be educative, informative, and entertaining as usual. On our previous discussion, we were talking about deformities and education, deformities and learning, how they're able to measure, how deformed people are able to measure with the education. We didn't end. Do you want to give yeah, us a preview on it? Just as I said the last time, is um, once the mind is there, it is about saying that you can do just anything, except that there are some courses that may involve using the other parts of the body mm-hmm. to do. Um, but it's like even in Ghana here, most engineers... <laughs> always in the offices. manager. Of course, you, you see, but even in a construction firm, you can be a manager there, but you sit in the office to plan and you go to the field. But nowadays, even if you are physically challenged, there are other adjustable equipment that can help you. Yeah. Where I went to school, um, we had a lecturer who had an accident, both legs were amputated, and he's a lecturer. He, walking. he has adjustable wheels that can be adjusted to go up so that he can write on the whiteboard. Okay, all these things are there, but um, you still have to take courses that may not require uh, things that we use if you don't have legs. That may require you to use legs okay. or hands and those things. Other than that, once the mind is active, the mind controls, mm-hmm. and you should be able to do just <laughs> everything or anything that you want to do. Okay. The only problem is sometimes how students mingle on campus yes. and feel that your friends are playing football. You can you feel play, rejected. and then. We not seem to be following modernization very well. We still stay with staircases. Mm-hmm. And if you use wheelchair, how do you climb <laughs> staircase? Yeah. All these are very challenging for students with disability. And then even in a lecture halls, you go there and where you can put your adjustable chairs there and be comfortable and Sit and listen is also another, another problem. Other than that, you should not have any any problem. Okay. Gloria. Yes, dear. Have you ever stayed in the same class with a disabled person before? Yeah. This person wasn't amputated or something, but she was suffering from rashes. Rashes. Skin rashes. Skin rashes. But it was very severe, to be honest. I sometimes felt for the girl. The rashes was in such a way that it was all over her body. And you would see, like, water coming from the mm-hmm. rashes, you see? Mm-hmm. And she was having <laughs> some scent. So, in this yeah, case... It wasn't from her, but from the rashes, right? Yes. And you see, the way the thing was on the body, it's like all over the body, the hair, everything. So, whenever she's coming, people don't want to sit beside her. Because she smells. Because it smells. And that thing affected the girl. It affected a lot. Even when we go to assembly, 
like morning devotion at the assembly, you see that during the queue, people will be just, they'll be shifting away from her. And the girl, it wasn't that she wasn't good. She was very good. But because of that, as time went on, we couldn't see her in the school again. So I think being disabled, sometimes it has a very um, negative influence on the person suffering from the disease. Well, maybe when we're talking about disability, it may not be, that one may be, well, some form of stigmatization stigmatization against people with some diseases. But basically... Just like sometimes you remember had a student who had hearing impairment mm. and a lecturer you are not aware mm-hmm. and such a student is in class. If you don't have hearing aids and those things and you you teach and sometimes if you are not careful you will ask you question something that you have explained and ask you just because you did it well those things but you know sometimes it's just difficult you see there are times in large classes you don't even have speakers microphones to reach people Uh, that student was not complete Um, that did not have problem so much problem with hearing just that the sounds you know, he has to look at you before he can. So if if you know, then you have to allow such a student to sit in front so that he'll be close to you. But they come with all kinds of problems because if you're a good teacher too, you don't always have to stand in front and teach you. Sometimes you you mingle with students, get your students involved. And what that means is that anytime you are also behind the student, then there's also a problem. You will not hear. But in Africa here, we don't actually take interest in students with special needs. You know, when you want to go to school outside the country, even your form, they want you to indicate the kind of special needs that you you have, whether you have problem with hearing and those things. And sometimes whether you can share room with somebody or not and all those things and the kind of things that you will need. But here... Africa is <laughs> Nobody even cares about you, oh. whether you are disabled or not. Yeah, not that, not that people don't care about you, but you see, um, sometimes the poverty, not that we are that poor, but <laughs> creativity, just like you don't even finish solving problems that the masses have. How you want to ignore the minority. That is the problem, but as time goes on, you should be able to reach everybody, every student, respective of where you are and who you are. We should be able to reach everybody, every student, irrespective of where you are, who you are, what you do. If you are in a class or you are in a trotro with a disabled person, don't see the person as a sinner or as a witch or as any other thing else. <laughs> He or she is also a human being just as you are. You have to love him or her the way you love all other normal human beings because we are all one. God created us all. It's not his fault that he has been disabled. I seriously don't think he chose to to be disabled. Nobody can ever choose to be disabled. Nobody would ever love to be disabled, whether it's from heredity or whatever. Nobody would choose to be disabled. So soon our time is up and we have to go. We will come your way next time 
with me has been Ohineba Kofi Inti and Gloria Mudamoa. I'm your host, Rudy Mampim. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you same time next time. Further information or study materials on issues we have discussed, please write to Adventist World Radio Ghana, Valley View University, P.O. Box AF 595, Adenta, Accra, Ghana, West Africa. Or if you have access to the internet, send us an email through radio at vvu.edu.gh. Or better still, you can call us on Plus two three 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 zero seven zero five one zero five eight or plus two three three two zero eight seven zero four five three two. If our lines are busy, don't give up. Just keep on trying, for we're expecting your calls, emails, and letters. This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. We will bring you joy. Keep hope alive. He gave us water. He gave us water. He gave us water. Oh, Jesus gave us water. And it was not from the well. The only way to multiply happiness is to draw closer to God through His Word. It is now time for Moment of Truth. Calling, calling for 
This is moment of truth, a time the Lord speaks to the heart of his children. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, let your Holy Spirit reach everyone, touch every heart with the power of your word. At the end of this discourse, we can be drawn closer unto Jesus. May you speak to the heart of your children in Jesus' name. We continue the Holy Spirit and new tongues. At the end, we saw the misuse of the gift of tongues in the church of Corinth. Instead of the brethren speaking in known tongues, they chose to speak in other tongues not known to the congregation when gathered because they had the gift to speak other tongues. And it was a kind of spiritual show. And Paul says, it should not be so, but there must be an interpreter. If not, let the person keep quiet. 1 Corinthians 14, 26-28 So Paul began to readdress how properly a gift of God must be used in the church of God. What is tongue? The word tongue from the Greek simply is the word glosa. And glosa simply means language. It simply means a spoken language. So, Glosa that we call in a language tongue does not mean barbering or a kind of that we speak or what we see in most religious circles today. Glosa is a spoken language and all tongues in this New Testament era must be compared with what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when the disciples spoke real languages of the nations that were gathered there together in Jerusalem, about 16 nations, and anything different from this as it happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is not of God. The gift of tongue is the power to speak other tongues or other languages. Glosa means language. To speak other languages like English, French, Latin, Hausa, Greek, Chi, ever, whatever, on Lent. Or it is also the gift of easily learning other languages faster. Some people are gifted. When you place them anywhere, even in Greenland, or Iceland, whatever it is, within a short time, they begin to speak that language. No matter how difficult it is, it's also a kind of a gift of tongues. So the gift of tongue primarily is the ability and power of the Holy Spirit for one to be able to speak other languages which are unlearned or the influence and power of the Holy Spirit. Paul, in addressing or correcting the misuse of these languages which God has endowed the Corinthian church with and begin to address the difficulty in which the church was facing. And in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul began to address this difficulty and Paul uses 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 and Paul talks about 
the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. Because the church at Corinth cherished the gift of tongues so much, Paul began to redirect them to what is most essential, to desire the best gift. So he led them into the best gift. And in doing that, Paul uses certain strong words. And it says, tongues of men and tongues of angels, as in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. And it says, though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, which is the essential, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Now, many people quote 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, and say that tongues that we hear, today are angelic language which satan cannot understand when used in praying or when you speak it beloved in the lord there is nothing like that in the bible satan himself is an angel and he understands angelic language so how do we wrestle the word of god out of position and say that when we speak in tongues today they are angelic tongues which Satan does not understand if he himself is an angel. Don't forget that. God did not actually withdraw his powers from him when he cast him down. He didn't change his angelic language. He didn't take his power from him, but he only misused his power in doing evil. He still remained an angel. We shouldn't forget that. There is no reference in the Bible about human beings speaking with angelic tongues. There is no single reference about human beings speaking in angelic tongues. But the Bible makes it clear that Paul was correcting an issue in the church of Corinth. What then was Paul saying to the church of Corinth? In 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3, Paul listed some strong things like moving mountains, giving all your goods to feed the poor, or giving your body to be bent up in the fire, or speaking in the tongues of men or angels. What is Paul talking about? That even though I do all these great things, spiritual things supposedly, but do not have love, which is the fruit of the Spirit, I am nothing. Paul is not saying that one should speak with angelic tongue, or one should give his body to be bent up, or one should give all his goods to the poor before one can be sure of the Holy Spirit. But Paul is comparing any great feat that one can achieve without the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is nothing. At the presence of love, the love of God, which comes from the Holy Spirit, whatever we are doing is nothing in the eyes of God. It's not saying that we speak with angelic tongue. It said, though you speak, though you give your body to be bent up. It didn't say, go and be bent up, that you speak in angelic He's just making an analogy that if even we can do all these things and we don't have the love of God, we are nothing in the eyes of God. He's only stressing a point about the essential, which is to be filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit which is love, then when God gives us a kind of language that we can use in ministry, it's going to be very meaningful. When we speak it, many will be converted as it was 
on the day of Pentecost. How does tongues work? As we continue our series here, the word of God is going to be much, much more clearer. As we look into Holy Spirit and new tongues, may God richly bless you in Jesus' name. This is a moment of truth. Your servant, Pastor G. Y. Aguado, speaking. Amen. Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. If you need further information or study materials on issues we have discussed, please contact us on Adventist World Radio Ghana, Valley View University, P.O. Box AF 595, Adenta, Accra, Ghana, West Africa. Or if you have access to the internet, send us an email through radio at vvu.edu.gh or better still you can call us on plus two three 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 zero seven zero five one zero five eight or plus two three three two zero eight seven zero four five three two if our lines are busy don't give up just keep on trying for we're expecting your calls emails and letters my dear listener i believe you have been blessed by our programs keep pondering over lessons learned from our magazines to stay blessed enjoy the rest of your day i have been your presenter emanuela brifo mensa bye for now <laughs>